Welcome to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where long-term winning bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, at SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Today's guest is Scott San Imaterio, uh, who is the CEO and founder at Ball Street Trading. Uh, make sure you go check out their website at BallStreetTrading.com and also give them a follow on Twitter at Ball Street App. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Al. This is, uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, great. So, Ball Street, not exactly your uh, your typical sports betting app. Uh, can you uh, walk our audience through you know the, your whole background, I guess, personally, and then how uh, Ball Street, obviously named after the great financial institution over there in New York City, uh, how that all came to be? Yeah, so uh, my background is in finance. I spent the last 15 years in investment banking, specifically uh, trading fixed income. So for me, I always look at things through the the lens of how can I get control like I would when I'm buying or selling a stock. I also spent a good four to five years back in the early 2000s during the poker boom um, playing a lot of online poker every day. So a couple of years ago, I, I sat down and really tried to come up with a, a concept where I looked at the landscape in the U.S. I'm admittedly not the biggest sports gambler there is. Uh, like I said, I like to have control and me putting money on the Jets before the game even starts feels like that's a losing cause for for many different reasons. Um, but when I sat and really tried to think about how I would create a, a, a platform here in the U.S. where we had now this is a number of years ago, where we had UGA issues. Obviously, PASPA was still around um, and you have all of the issues that FanDuel and DraftKings were trying to fight with their debate whether the platform was skill or chance based. Um, and what ultimately came out of that was this this contest tournament structure um, where basically we've created a prediction market that lets players buy and sell shares based on the win probability. Uh, the market itself at the end will act like an options uh, market where the winning shares will expire at 100 and the losing shares will expire at zero. So with that, we're basically giving fans the ability to change their mind at any time during the game and basically compete based on the perception of whichever team they think potentially has the most chance to win that specific day. So one thing I found that was pretty interesting about your site is that no actual money is being uh, passed between hands, correct? That's right. We're going at this completely free-to-play for right now. Uh, What we learned pretty much early on was that the powers that be in the gaming space are not really going to let startups uh, to come in and compete. Um, you know, PASPA goes away last year, and now you have each individual state rolling out their own individual licensing. Um, it puts us really in a position where we can't go and create 50 different business models in 50 different states. So what we've decided to do is really look at what we do really well, which is engage fans for the duration of the event. And what we've done is look at it in the sense of how do we use this engagement? How do we use our ability to entertain fans during these games? Um, to bring something to the table. And what we've done is we're now going to position ourselves as a marketing tool where brands will be able to come in, sponsor contests on the platform, and we're going to take that ad spend that brands give to us and use that as the prize pool Mm. to give back to the players. Um, So this way, effectively, we can create prize pools per player of anywhere from $5 to $20, um, which is right in line with your average bet that you know in New Jersey DraftKings makes. So our goal is for players who ultimately – like the idea of gambling, but maybe don't gamble, 
right. or even those players who are more casual gamblers, more recreational gamblers, um, would like to come and play our platform as opposed to risking their actual money against DraftKings or FanDuel, where they can come play for free, enjoy the experience of trading the market in real time against thousands of other people, and now potentially have the opportunity to win as much, if not more, than they would bet on their own. Yeah, so I, I think it's it's definitely an interesting idea of doing it that way. Number one, I mean, for somebody like myself who has literally no knowledge of, of the financial markets and things like that whatsoever, you know, this gives me an opportunity to go in there and try out the game and see how it is without, you know, possibly losing some of my bankroll uh, that I built up doing other things throughout the week. Uh, do you feel that this is also, uh, or I should say, do you also feel that this has been a good educational tool for the public on this being as how, you know, this isn't your traditional, you know, way of wagering or your traditional type of gameplay? Yeah, I think one of the things that we've learned is that it's the non-financial people that I think appreciate the fantasy of trading the markets okay. much more than the conventional financial service person who comes in and probably understands the market mechanics a little bit more at first. Um, I think what we've really tried to do from early on is create more of a video game feel. We want to make this as approach, approachable and as simplified as possible. We really want to try to really gamify this market experience. So when you come in, um, as long as you can really understand uh, the basic level of win probability, you know you think that the Mets are 60% to win this game, is the market trading above or below 60? If it's trading below, above 60, you probably want to sell some shares because you might get some value there. If it's trading below, you probably want to buy some shares there. Um, what we've also experienced is that everyone seems to have the light bulb moment to where they see everything that's happening. Um, we'd like to think that the software that we've created is pretty intuitive um, to where they see exactly what is happening, why it's happening, everything clicks. And then at that point, the game opens up and you now get to be a part of the different trends that are happening in the game and you actually become uh, a trader like you would in the New York Stock Exchange or in the NASDAQ. Um, you know, our goal from, from day one is really, though, to keep this as simple as possible so that everyone, even the most casual of fans, could come in, watch the game, um, and be a part of this broader community of now potentially trading against thousands of other people as you're watching these games. So we just talked about the traditional sports bettors, people that really don't know a lot about the finance market. What are the people from the finance market saying specifically, like what's working for you guys, what's not working? Uh, you know, what, what's just the general uh, feedback from them? Yeah, I mean, the financial service guys, uh, they love it. I mean, they've probably been waiting for this as long as I have <laughs> or, or, or longer. I mean, they, they come back and, and they love the concept. Um, they love the idea of putting sports and markets together. Um, I think when you think about the way that the conventional sports books work, um, we're going to start seeing much more of an evolution towards a market or match betting form. Um, I think the idea of people betting against a single house is something that's going to become more and more dated as new innovative products and and ways that people get to now experience sports on many different levels. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway that we've learned probably in the short term of doing this now, the free-to-play model is for the hardcore finance guys. They want to get some real money onto the platform. And ideally, maybe in, in a year or two, we'll, we can find a strategic partner that could begin to shepherd us through that real money process to where potentially we could have real money contests where people could come and play for $100, $200, $500 and really get to scratch the itch for those guys who want to play higher stakes. Very cool. So I know uh, we discussed a little bit uh, there with uh, you know the legalities of everything like that. Um, what I mean, I guess, kind of breaking it down into more of a uh, you know more of a better understanding for everyone. I mean, what are some of those things? Like you, you said that you know the 
the the different places aren't going to let uh, you know small startups come in there and to get their footprint in there right away. Uh, why is that exactly? And you know, just I get what other kind of problems have you guys run into with uh, from the legal side of things? Yeah, from the legal side of things, when we when we look at it, I mean, it's, I think it's more of a financial issue mm-hmm. because you need to go get licensing. You need to think about all the tax consequences that come with those specific jurisdictions. Um, you need to stay up to date on every new state and all the different laws and to be able to interpret those. So, I mean, we don't have a full-scale legal team to go and give us legal opinions for every state you know, that, that decides that they now want to potentially put legislation through. Um, so our path forward with Free to Play puts us immediately available in all 50 states and internationally. Um, the debate of the format itself on where we think we sit still, um, I, I believe, in our legal opinions, uh, you know, defend the point that we are a skill-based game. You know, no one's going to come on Wall Street and luck their way into winning one of these games. You're going to need to be in there and you're going to need to trade in and out of the market based on how that game and how that market is performing. Um, so it's not going to be simple enough that you go in and you think the Patriots are going to win on Monday night and you buy shares of the Patriots, they win and you win. That's not how the platform works. Um, so the idea of removing any and all chance, um, is something that we like to point to and say, this is the real differentiator between us and something that maybe sits on the line like DFS or something that, you know, there's a lot of chance in just strictly making a bet on who's going to win this specific game. Um, so for us, it's really about positioning ourselves, um, to have those types of conversations eventually. Um, and I think by having, a strategic partner with us, they certainly would be much more um, experienced in finding ways through the landscape that we might not either be able to do on our own or, or potentially see because we just don't have the experience of going through what is now becoming um, a pretty complicated space. All right. So, uh, you know, I think we talked a lot about the finer points. Of, I guess, uh, you know, user, uh, what is like for actually using the, uh, the product there on the app and the website? Uh, do you find that people have they have more enjoyment using it on a, on a computer since there's a lot more moving pieces or is this something that you could just basically pull out at the bar on Sunday when you're watching, uh, you know, 14, however many different NFL yeah. games at the same time? Yeah. I mean, we've created, uh, we have, we're available on the app store, we're available on Google play and we have, a, a desktop version. So depending on where you are, um, we try to make trading as easy as possible. So if you're out with some buddies at the bar, Obviously, you have the app there on your phone. If you're sitting on your couch, when I when I trade, I'm at home. I'm usually on my laptop just because, to your point, I can much easier get through a couple different tabs if there are a number of games that we happen to have on. Right. Uh, last week, we had two of the primetime games um, in college, and that was fun to have that doubleheader going on at the same time. So you're just sort of bouncing back and forth and uh, and waiting for that market to move. So it, actually, you know, yeah, uh, we talked previously, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, I guess maybe go down the list of the questions here. But uh, since, you know, you brought that up, um, do you feel that Ball Street is better for maybe like that standalone game on like a Monday night primetime? Or is this going to be something that it, it's okay? Like, I know, obviously, you know, you have the capabilities to make it work. But as for the user, for the customer, are you going to find that it's probably easier for them to get started there on that one game or how's that going to work with multiple games going on? Yeah, I think for right now, I mean, we're still growing. Uh, we just crossed 10,000 users a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, so for us, it's really about focusing people's attention onto single games. So, you know, those primetime games, Thursdays, Sundays, Saturdays at night, Sunday night football, where everyone's attention is on that one game. 
certainly create much better experiences um, for players who are coming on for the first time because there's really no other distractions. Um, I think as we grow and we are able to get reach and be able to scale, um, being able to do full Sunday slates in the NFL as an example become now an option for us where we know that we're going to get a couple thousand people for every single game because you know it's Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. So I know there's going to be a couple hundred people in Baltimore and there's going to be a couple hundred people in Pittsburgh who all want to trade. So there's a market and you have 800 to 1,000 people trading that, that one-off game at 4 o'clock that maybe the national audience doesn't really care. Mm. Um, but certainly – you know, with any good market format, liquidity is king, and the more players in the market certainly make for a better experience. So for the short term now, it's going to be us trying to really cherry pick the best games of the NFL, the best games in um, in college football. And now we have uh, Major League Baseball playoffs starting to turn up. So we'll be able to obviously do all of the uh, the key pennant games, the wild card games, and then obviously the World Series. Yeah, that certainly works out with a lot of these different leagues where, you know, their playoff games are a standalone. You know, we've seen the NBA go to this format uh, more recently. I know baseball is kind of adapted to it more or less. And then, of course, you know, football is always going to be standalone during the playoffs. So uh, that certainly helps you guys out. I guess in terms of helping you guys out even more uh, on the marketing front, have you seen that Twitter's your best vehicle for that? Uh, is it maybe LinkedIn? Is it maybe some other form that we're not even thinking about? Uh, what works best for you guys? Yeah, I mean, when we look across social media, I think for us as a as a company, Twitter is by far the best. Okay. Um, I think when we, you know, what we do is we really drive attention and engagement. And that's effectively what Twitter does better than any other social media platform, yeah. certainly during live games. So for us to be able to be able to talk to traders or at least be in the conversation of the game itself um, is a great tool. And we get a lot of engagement. And we get a lot of attention that we can draw back on the app and people asking questions about what's going on in the market and, and how do they get involved with it. Um, the opposite side of all of that, you have something like Instagram, where I don't know that Instagram is our best venue to draw and drive attention for players that we're trying to ultimately bring onto the platform. Um, I think LinkedIn has been an incredible tool um, for more of a business development perspective. Um, you know, I spent a long time in investment banking, so never really had a use for LinkedIn until I switched over now to take over Ball Street. Um, and that in itself has been immeasurable in how, uh, how much positive um, takeaways there are from LinkedIn. So I would certainly recommend to anyone who's not leveraging LinkedIn, um, get on it and use it because people are there, people are, are willing to connect. And most of the time, people are willing to have conversations that ultimately could lead you to wherever you really want to be. Very true. Very true. Uh, all right. So I know, you know, we had briefly talked about uh, the similarities with Ball Street and I guess kind of with the, the contests of how they, they uh, mirror each other in a poker sense. So uh, I know I kind of asked you earlier, I said, uh, you know, what's been the feedback from sports betters? What's been the feedback from uh, people out there in the financial market? Uh, any feedback from the poker players out there? The poker players love it. I mean, I think what people understand once they get that light bulb moment is there's a lot of layers of strategy that come into the game itself. This isn't just strictly picking who you think is going to win the game. This is about realistically picking who you think the public is going to buy shares of in the next 10, 20 minutes. So you can then sell your shares at a higher price than you just bought them. So there's game theory, there's market theory, there's economics, there's all of these layers that I think are really what drive poker. And those players who have that analytical and cerebral type way of thinking, this really fits perfectly into how they should want to um, potentially experience Sunday NFL in, in a new way as opposed to conventional betting or DFS 
or even in-play betting, which is an animal all to itself that uh, certainly we can go on for a very long time. <laughs> um, so with that, like, uh, are we going to have different forms of competition on the on the app? Like uh, perhaps head-to-head, maybe, uh, you know, I just other other ways that we're thinking, maybe multipliers. Now, I guess, does that – that also kind of depends on how – you know, like different, how many different partners come on or you yep. know, how that goes in other states too. Um, I guess, can you kind of talk about the links between all those? So I think one of the things we're, we're looking at right now, and this is something that, again, pulls from poker is, uh, you know, you're familiar with the sit and go mm-hmm. where, and, you know, back in the day, or I guess now, I mean, I live in New York, so I don't get to play online poker too much. East Coast, um, baby. Yeah. Right. So, you, you know, you, you would sit there and you would wait. Um, and once 10 people joined a table, the sit and go would go live. So what we want to now create is the similar option on Ball Street to where we will have a very finite group of players, whether it's 5, 10 or 20. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that group fills, those players will be dropped into the market and we will have a timed game. So you will trade for 30 minutes. So you don't need to now be completely invested in the entire game. You can now trade in the short duration market that will be defined specifically by Either 30 minutes, we're playing around with only trading the first half of the game, trading the second half of the game, trading the first three three innings of the baseball game. You know, there's different ways that we can cut up a specific game to give much shorter bursts for those players who don't necessarily have the time to sit and watch a four-hour college football game. Okay. All right. That certainly works. Um, Now, one of the things I was listening to uh, an interview that you you had done in the past, and I get that this was back around March Madness or... Uh, Game of Thrones season, so you guys had done the trading with the Game of Thrones and everything like that. Uh, do we have any non-sports uh, competitions available that uh, that you guys can talk about yet? We don't have any up on the app right now. We're just starting to play with futures a little bit. We put a will the Mets make the playoffs um, when I did they were see the one with Gronk right, on there. We we put Gronk. Will he play? Will he play again? We when the Antonio Brown news broke uh, a week ago, we put Antonio Brown markets up. Is that one going to be? How crazy is this going to get? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that market moved pretty quickly, pretty fast. It was it was fun. Like that whole Saturday, we put it up. I, I want to say like nine a.m. That and by like noon, we had over a thousand trades, and it was just okay, back nice. and forth because all the news was just funneling through Twitter. It, it was it was sort of like this perfect storm yeah. for us to have this uh, this market set up. Um, as far as where we're going to go forward, we're potentially going to do some of the baseball awards at the end of the season, um, and then looking for more non-sports stuff. I don't know if there's anything on the list right now. It's certainly something we talk about and try to think about. Um, I think for us, it's going to be how can we create something that changes the conversation away from sports? Because we think that the platform is fungible in that it can be for any live event. It doesn't need to be only sports. Um, so ideally, maybe something like The Bachelor or Big Brother, um, something along those lines. It's a question of really how can we focus our marketing to get those types of people interested in the app or at least introduce them to the app so that maybe they can come play, enjoy it, and then maybe stay and play you know, the NFL or, or play the Super Bowl or, or play NCAA tournament. Well, I'm not a fan of The Bachelor or Big Brother. I, you know, you gotta you gotta ask the question. It's always out there for other people. So actually, uh, you know, we're coming up on the end of our time here. But so, how how big is the Ball Street or uh, team? You know, you got a lot of people on there. Or is it just you and a couple other guys uh, working around the clock? How's that all go? It, around the clock is an understatement. But yeah, all there's right, five yeah. there's five of us on the team right now. It's myself. I have two co-founders with me, and we have uh, two guys that have joined us over the past uh, one pretty recently uh, a month or two ago, and the other has been with us a little bit over a year. And uh, you know, the amount of work that goes in to build something as complicated as uh, as literally an exchange, um, it, it, it it's something that you know 
we should, we, we never underestimate, but somehow every day new things seem to pop up and there's always, there's always something going on. So for, for a team of five, we certainly have our work cut out for us. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So today, uh, we were speaking with Scott San and uh, Terrio. I got it. I got that right. It, the three. That's ones good, man. Scott good, San man. Emeterio. There we go. Uh, CEO, founder of Ball Street Trading. Make sure you go check them out at BallStreetTrading.com. They've also got the Twitter sphere going as well at Ball Street app. Uh, you can find them there. Uh, anything else that uh, you want to talk about before we get out of here for the day? Yeah, man. Just to everyone who wants to try something different, we're really trying to create something new. Um, that we think will be part of the conversation of how sports are consumed in the future. Um, so if you have any interest in the stock market, any interest in poker, any interest in real-time uh, formats, I, I think you come in, play a market, see what it feels like. Um, you know, The feedback we've been getting has been beyond my best-case scenario. There are players literally who come in and fall in love with it, and it, it's those types of players um, that if we can get enough of them – uh, it really will begin to put us into that next level. Very cool, very cool. All right, folks, it is a brand-new innovative idea, so make sure you check it out. Once again, BallStreetTrading.com, also on Twitter, at BallStreetApp. For the rest of our Sports Predictor podcast, make sure you go there, at SportsPredictor.com. Uh, also follow us on Twitter there, at PredictorHQ. Uh, Going to be posting a lot of the different interviews that we've done with people from around the industry. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing all this Uh Scott will definitely be in discussions. I'm sure we'll be talking on Twitter. We are right here together in the uh, Jersey City, NYC area. So we'll definitely uh, definitely keep in touch, my man. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. All right, cool. Sounds good. We'll see you on the next podcast, folks.